This podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Now, you can get a free audio book if you go to Audible.com, sign up for their gold membership, and with that you get a book a month, and the first one's free. So you can download that and cancel, and you still get to keep the book. That's at Audible.com. Hi, and welcome to the podcast. It's been a little while since I've done a, you know, some episodes. I've been traveling some places which don't really have, you know, the ability to record and stuff like that. So, but I am back now and, well, I'm ready to record. I'm in my comfy place. But this is not about me, this is about you, and I know that right now you are in your comfy place, wherever that is. Whether you're laying in bed, all tucked in, ready for that long, long snooze for the night. Or if you're driving along, and you're in your comfy chair, which is in your car. Or if you're just travelling around the world, or even if you've just found your little spot in the middle of all the madness... And you just got these headphones on. Hi, welcome to Comfy Place. Sit back, relax. Everything is awesome. Okay, so I've been planning in you know, this podcast, and really, I'm just having the, the the mindset that I haven't got this all figured out. I'm just gonna, you know do the first bunch of episodes and just go, okay, I like that, and how about this, and then just, you know, roll on as we go along, which is kind of like life when you think about it. If we all sat down and did our big grand plan of how we're going to do everything our entire life, and then you look back, well, then you go, well, that was completely different to how things turned out. So, I'm just going to roll with it. I'm just going to do some episodes, see how they go, and, you know, see how they're received. I put the uh, the, the notice out on, on Reddit, on, on their podcast section, and I got some really, really great feedback and some messages. I have some people about, you know, the podcast itself and, you know, and how it's sort of received. So that was really uplifting. It really was. So I thought, you know what? The world is an awesome place. It really is. And so before we start, you know, the story, I thought, why don't I just grab a couple of awesome things that's happening around the world and just let you know about it? Because when I read them, um, you know, I think, well, that's pretty awesome. And I reckon you'd like to know that too. So I have the first one, and this is really cool. Apparently, lightsaber dueling is now a thing in France. It's a legitimate sport, lightsaber dueling. Now, I don't know about you, but when I was a kid and I grabbed, well, anything from a stick to a broom to a torch, you know, whatever, and I was, you know, swinging that thing around, just vroom, vroom. 
Well, I had dreams one day that, one, I'd become a Jedi. Two, uh, that, that I would duel your lightsabers. Well, today, all these people around the world, that's a reality. So go to your broom closet, get your broom, whatever. Start practicing, of course, safety first, gloves, etc. Because you can now go to France and you can duel with someone with lightsabers. Of course, not the real lightsaber. Um, they're actually very dangerous, but I think they're just long plastic torchy thingies. It looks really cool, though. It really, really does. So if you have aspirations for that, well, it is now a reality. So... Good luck. Let me know how you go with that. The other really cool, you know, awesome bit of news is apparently we have discovered 300,000 new galaxies. We're even less alone than we thought we were, which is not a lot because there's already millions and millions of them, but we have discovered 300,000 new galaxies. Galaxies. Huh. It's pretty cool. I mean, they were always there, of course. And we just finally recognised that they were always there. It's kind of like at that party, right? Where, you know, all of a sudden, someone that's been completely alone for the entire evening, all of a sudden they're like, oh, hey, you're, you're here. Fantastic. Me and my scientists over here, we were scanning the party room, and eventually we discovered that you exist. So, good on you. Congratulations. And the third awesome story. Australia um, has a lot of similarities and with, with California, which is going to sound strange, but not really. I mean, especially with the climate. California is extremely dry over there. And um, been suffering through a lot of droughts and fires, which is something I can personally, you know, identify with uh, living in Victoria as well. And having actually, you know, been through a couple of bushfires myself, uh, which, to be honest, worked out perfectly okay for me. It was fine. There's no no worry there. But I've I've been there as a kid, so I can definitely identify with that. But apparently in the month of February, the state of California received 18 trillion gallons of water. Now, for those who who were in the metric system, I did the math. Um, 18 trillion gallons equals 68 trillion, 137 billion, 412 million and 112,000 liters of water that's awesome that really is it's uh the place is barren and dry and so it's nice to know that it's getting a good soaking and the plant life there that's just receiving that water just like yes so that's just a couple of you know uplifting pieces of news that i just wanted to let you know about because the world is an awesome place. The world is full 
of awesome, awesome pieces of information, people, you name it. It really is great. And we don't usually hear a lot of that, right? We just, the news is, is, is pretty down. They love to talk about what, what's, what's negative, but the reality is, and this is my firm belief, that 99% of the world and everything that happens inside of it is just awesome. 99% of, the, of humankind, we just want to grow up, have fun when we're kids, have some friends, have a girlfriend, have a boyfriend, fall in love. Marry, have kids, laugh along the way, have a few really cool successes that if you were a Viking, you could sit around a fireplace and just go, I remember the time when I received this remote control for the television, and I didn't know what it was, but I figured it out. (gasps) Yeah, I figured it out. And I was able to turn on the television and change the channel. No way, Grandpa. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And that's the world. We just want to do that. And then we want to die with a smile on our face knowing that in our life we've done everything we wanted to do. Yeah, sure, there was a few things that were left over. But, well, a cricketing reference is you had a great innings. Put that bat under your, you know, your arm and you've done well. So yeah. Okay, so that's part one. And this is what I'm sort of thinking is there'll be a bit of a part one and then a part two. To make sure that, you know, if you're having a little trouble, you know, winding down the cogs in the brain are taking a little while because you're, you know, thinking about things, and I'm just going to keep on rambling. There's another idea I've got, which is just, I'm going to do an episode which is not even a story. It's just rambling nonsense, and I'm going to label these as like special little episodes just for the times when you really need that knockout pill. You might not want to hear a story which is, you know, just, just rambling, just, just going on. Who knows, right? The beautiful thing about a podcast is I can just put the file out there. If it's great, it's great. If not, well, you know what? I know there's one person that's going to want to listen to that. And that's, that's perfect. That's fine. But let's begin the story. Episode 6. Crossroads. I was sitting around home and one of my friends noticed that I had you know a guitar just laying against the against the wall and they you know just one of those questions out of the blue they asked so when did you start to play you know guitar when did you make the choice that that's a thing that you you wanted to do and it was one of those days where we just, we had time. It was an afternoon. It was really lovely, actually. The sun was, 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 was shining. It was about 4 p.m., so, you know, just at the start of when the sun 
stops being bright and starts being lovely and orange. The breeze was just right, the, the air temperature was just right. We had beers in our hands, and so it was right for one of those, those stories. Anyway, this is, this is roughly that story. A long time ago, in a newly discovered galaxy far, far away, actually it was pretty much here, it once again happened, in this lovely town of Brugge that you've heard about in the other stories. One of my friends came home with a VHS cassette tape that he rented, and he was really excited there was this movie called Crossroads. Now, if you haven't, if you haven't seen this movie, I can't recommend it enough. Uh, later on, there was another movie with Britney Spears that came out, so I sort of muddled the search term. But the original Crossroads, oh, by the time I'd finished watching that, it had changed my life. Now, if you've seen Crossroads... Great. If you haven't, I'm going to sort of walk you through it and the reasons why it completely and utterly changed my life. I was about 13 at the time, roughly. I wasn't that great with logging down my age when key pinnacle things happened in my life, but it was around then, 13, 14. And it was just after the Ralph Macchio Karate Kid bonanza. This is when his career was... At its peak, this guy could stand on one foot, elevate the leg for another foot, and then put his arms out like a crane, and then just whoosh, just be a legend. Karate Kid. And then Karate Kid 2, which wasn't as good. Still good, not as good. And so when we saw this movie with the title here, Ralph Macchio was there. We put it in and played. Now, Crossroads is a story about you know this this man, teenager that has you know conflicts. It starts with this wonderful scene where he's playing this classical piece in front of this assessor, very stuffy looking person, and he's playing this lovely, lovely classical piece. And then right at the end of the classical piece. He moves into a blues riff. And he does that lovely blues riff down, much to the dissatisfaction of the you know, the assessor. And there's a comment about how you're conflicted and you're torn between two worlds. And Kelvin and myself will go, yeah, we're, we're also torn between two worlds. Don't know what worlds they are, but we're just like him and he's just like us. Except he can play guitar and or we can't. Anyway, he goes home and he sees his guitar and he's playing the, you know, this blues riff after playing classical and he can see that there's the, pro the way he's, he's, he's meant to pursue with classical but his love is for blues. Now, blues for me at the time was one of these musical genres that was you know, awakening to me. I was like, what is this amazing type of music, this raw, heartfelt, 
you know, music about sorrow and music about sorrow and heartache and well, let's just say that the Australian pop and rock was was okay, but then I discovered this thing called blues and it was like, oh my god. And through this movie and my hero at the time, Ralph Macchio, he was, you know, playing the blues. Anyway, Ralph Macchio discovers that there's this guy, Willie Brown, and he is one of his idols. And there's this story about this mythical, you know, song that was never released and he wants to go and find it. And he finds out that Willie Brown is in a, you know, in a, in an aged care facility. He go and goes and visits him and they have a conversation and Willie Brown's like, well, you need to get me out of here. I need to get down, you know, to a, to a place. And when, you know, Ralph Macchio was, was leaving, he breaks out in this amazing, amazing, you know, solo with a harmonica. He soon realized that, you know, Willie Brown has a past himself. He has nightmares and he's had this deal with this guy in a shiny suit to, you know, become the better player. And so, you know, with the mortality coming to an end, his life, he's like, well, that actually makes, that's an issue now, you know, when we're young, who cares? We're going to live forever. But then you realize that forever actually isn't a very long time. So it's coming to an end and he wants to get down and try and get his soul back. And again, this is watched by someone who's about 13. So I'm going to live forever. I don't really, you know, fully grasp what's going on here. And so Ralph Macchio breaks him out and they go on this journey together. And I'm seeing this amazing American, you know, rural countryside through the eyes of these these two characters. And Ralph Macchio, you know, discovers this this, this female love along the way and, and they fall in love, but then she leaves him and then enters possibly one of the greatest breakup songs in the history of breakup songs. I really would just check it out. The, 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 the soundtrack, you know, the crossroads soundtrack on Spotify, etc. And, um, it really is one of the great, great, you know, soundtracks. And he's there just by himself sitting on a chair, just feeling, feeling down, you know, feeling low. And of course, as a teenager, right? Even through the rest of our lives, we, we feel that from time to time, for whatever reason. And the song that I heard was just an absolute perfect manifestation in a music form of, of that, that sorrow went something like this. And he's there and he's playing. Lamenting the, the loved one that's lost. At that point in time, my entire loved ones could be counted on one hand. No, they were crushes at the time when you, you, know, you look back, but it was, it was serious then. And he just poured it out. And we were just looking at each other, Kelvin and I going, what is this? Magic. 
Oh yeah, it's fantastic. So, that was the soundtrack that happened. Anyway, so, so they're walking along and they reach this place, this, this dirt crossroads, which appears to be in the middle of nowhere. It's just, you know, rural America. And Willie Brown says, this is, this is it. This is the spot where he, uh, where it happened. And then out of nowhere, this car pulls up. It's like one of those classic 1920s vehicles. And, and it pulls along the side. There's a guy that winds down his window. And he's like, what are you doing here, Willie Brown? You know, and they start laughing at him and they roll away. And then they turn around and out of nowhere, there's this man standing in the crossroads. And he's in a real shiny suit. And he turns to him and you can see Willie Brown, who's an amazing, amazing actor. I'm sorry, I don't know the guy's name, but I'm sure it's on IMDb. And you know, he turns to him and he says, I want to get my soul back. He's well now, you know, I'm not, not going to give you your soul back. You need to, you need to compete for it. He says, well, how can I, you know, do that? And he goes, well... I've got this, this man who every Saturday night cuts heads. And cuts heads is this you know, guitar battle thing where you go back and forth and back and forth and try and prove who's the greater guitar player. He goes, well, if you beat me in that, then, well, I'll give you your soul back. And of course, Willie Brown says, well, I don't play guitar. And then Ralph Macchio sort of steps up and says, oh, I'll do it. Willie pulls him aside and says, don't you dare. Don't you dare, don't you know what you're doing? And of course, the young Willie Brown who's going to live forever and doesn't really believe what's going on is real anyway. He's like, whatever, I'll do it. Yeah, so if I win, then, you know, you get your soul back. And then the guy in the shiny suit says, well, what happens if I win? And in that cocky way, you know, Ralph Macchio turns around and says, well, you get me, whatever. And so the, the challenge is set. How do we get there, they say. Oh, where? We're going to be there right now. And you see the clouds behind in that cool sort of, you know, 80s effect of the clouds moving. And next thing you see is this character on stage. He's got long black hair. He has an electric guitar that's sort of hot pink. And he has this dancer around him and she's dancing around and... They're playing along, not really head-cutting, but, you know, entertaining the audience, which is in a round way. There's a centre sort of spotlight in the middle of the stage to illuminate the people in there, but the, you know, the uh, the rest of the, the people are sort of somewhat, you know, hidden. And then all of a sudden they stop. And then this, this starts... And then that man that was in the car laughing at him steps on stage and says, Who's going to step up now? 
He's going to get the head cut. And Willie Brown turns to Ralph Macchio and says, Here's a Lamojo that I've got. Take it. He pulls out his bag and puts it in his hand of beans or something. I'm giving you everything I've got. You go out there. You give him everything you've got. You might have a chance. And then Ralph Macchio realizes this is serious. This is serious. And of course, well, if you get instantly transported to another location, that tends to wake you up. And then Ralph Macchio just gives him that look. And then walks out on stage and he's telecaster sort of guitar steps out there and you know starts to plug that guitar in and then you hear the whole you know as I plugs it into the into the guitar there and the host is like oh so you're going to step up then okay then he walks off and the guitarist, which I now know is, is Steve Vai. Great guitarist. Great guitarist. And also the epitome of that late 80s teased black hair, you know, guitarist. And he launches into this bluesy kind of riff. But it has that metal edge to it that only Steve Vai can do. And he's just railing and just bringing the intensity and then stops. And then of course it's Ralph Macho's turn and he does something, but it's a, it's a lot cleaner. It's a lot uh, more traditionally kind of blues that you would get from sort of a Telecaster guitar versus, I think this was an Ibanez that he had. And he plays his, and then he sort of stops and looks back at this, you know, shy little boy going, okay, I've done my, done my bit. And you sort of see the, you know, the, the anger of, oh, is this person, why is he even here? I just, okay, let's do this. And he just launches into the solo and this, it sort of becomes a competition because this band starts up and they start playing and you have to now keep up with the band, right? So Steve Vai plays a, a piece and then Ralph Macchio plays another piece and the band sort of keep going and this lady's sort of dancing around trying to distract them. And he's doing his best to keep up and back and forth and back and forth and back and forth they go and until there's this piece where Steve Vai just, he's had enough of this. Enough. So he just launches into this big, long, massive solo. Lightning speed just shreds the neck completely. Up and down and up and down and up and down and the crowd erupts in this applause because they've seen this and they know that this is the moment where the guy's got his head cut because there is no way that you can compete against this guy the devil's own guitarist it's like that death song devil went down to georgia i love that song by the way For some reason still brings me chills every single time and then he takes the guitar and he you know, waves it in the face of Ralph Macchio, and he's going, and then it's silent. 
and everyone's laughing and well, actually not silent. Everyone's laughing and clapping. The person that's silent is Ralph Macchio, and it cuts to Willie Brown, and he's got his eye look on his face with those watery eyes, going, "Oh God." A blues player can't play that. Except he wasn't originally a blues player. See, Ralph Maggio was trained at the School for Classical Arts. And so you hear this simple riff. It lays very simple. And it's designed to just well, shut the audience up, bring the attention back to him, and he's there like this. And he doesn't play blues next. He plays classical. Classical that is on fire. He plays the song that was right at the start, but it's times a thousand and he's going up and down the neck in a blur of motion, but wonderful classical notes that are complex and wonderful to see. I don't think I've, I've, I would, I breathed at this point in time. I think I was completely and utterly just in awe of this. It's up and down the neck he plays, up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. Faster and faster and faster and faster he plays. Then faster still. And you see Steve Vai's face just sink. Like, who is this person? He was meant to be a blues person. I thought I had beaten him. And then, well, what the hell is he doing? And then he finishes with this shriek of a note, which is, I think, like getting the highest fret. Shriek of a note. And then, silence. Absolute silence. Steve Vai tries to copy this. But he fails. He tries hard and he fails. And the guitar is shrieking, but it's not like a shriek of, of victory. It's a wailing. It's, it's terrible. It's, it's, it's wrong. It's off notes. It's out of tune. And Steve Vai realises this and he takes his guitar off and in an all-shattering clang just drops it on the stage. You hear this gadong. And they realise they'd won. They want to deal with the devil. And the crowd erupts again to welcome the new champion. You see the devil tearing up the contract in that classic kind of way. And then Willie Brown comes out on stage and they start doing their bluesy number again. And then, you know, as all movies do, it, it has a heartfelt moment and then it, it finishes. And as the credits rolled up, I knew I wanted to be a guitarist. Oh, we both knew. We absolutely both knew that we wanted to be guitarists. I want to do that. I want to go to the crossroads. We had some perfectly fine crossroads in Baruga, by the way. Fantastic crossroads. But we wanted to go there, wherever there was. I'm still curious to this day, actually, where that was. And I want to 
you know, learn how to play that. And not just for the end bit, but that literally was on our mind. Just like at the end of Karate Kid, I wanted to, well, do karate. But I wanted to learn the blues, and I wanted to learn how to pour my soul out in that form as well. I had my teenage years coming. There was going to be a lot of heartache. A lot of heartache. So, I signed up. I, I, there was, sorry, when I mean signed up, I, you know, there was, was the high school at the time and, and you could sign up for the guitar lessons. Mr. McKenna was the guitar teacher at the time. He was also the economics teacher. And my father bought me a ready-to-play, you know, one of those cheap $90 learn-to-play guitar guitars. And I, you know, arrived that day. The guitar was 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 brand shiny new. I couldn't play a thing. I could just do that thing where you hold the note down, you know, on the side of the neck and do ding, 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 ding. Couldn't do anything else. And then the lesson began, and the first song wasn't, you know, blues by Ry Cooter or guitar shredding, which I found out was both both parts of that were done by by Steve Vai at the end there, so the bit where Ralph Macchio was doing the whole, that was actually Steve Vai. And it wasn't that. The first song we learned to play was Bar Bar Black Sheep. Yeah, I know. Bar Bar Black Sheep. The reality of this was like, where's the metal? Where's the... Where's the uh, the blues? Well, as it turns out, you actually have to learn the guitar first. And then I discovered that unless you put the hard work in, then you're not going to get a single thing back. And this dragged on for pretty much a long time. I kept coming back to lessons and there was no real progression. Did I practice? No, not really. I discovered this thing wasn't working out for me. Funnily enough, I had to put hard work in and I wasn't really prepared to do that. So consequently, I didn't improve. I could barely play like a D chord. For the, the entire year. I left the class one day, walking out, and Mr. McKenna pulled me aside and said, Listen, I don't think you should come back. You're not putting in the work. You're not um, you're progressing at all. You're holding the other students back. And I don't think that it's fair on them. And I don't think you should come back. I was stunned. No one ever said that to me before. I was in a school system where you had to fail a lot in order to even, you know, to have someone pull me aside and say, don't come back. That was a slap. I felt so hard done by at the time. So wronged. How dare someone say that to me, you know? In hindsight, he was completely and utterly right. I wasn't putting in the work and I was holding other people back. But at the time, man, I felt yeah, most a wronged person in the history of wrong people, as teenagers tend to do at that point in time. So I go home and I pour my heart out to my dad and say, this happened. I'll never forget his response. He, he responded with... Well, I guess we should sell the guitar then. 
you know, want him to pull me in and hug me and say, oh, it'll be okay, the guy was terrible and I'll call him and da 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 No. Well, we'll sell the guitar. We'll give it to someone that, that wants to use it. I go into my room. I go, oh, you, you'll give the guitar away, will you? I'll show you. So I pull the, the chair over and I get my little folder of all the you know, song books, all the pieces of paper that were in the folder that were used each time. And I went, I am going to learn Bar, Bar, Black Sheep. And I did. I learned to play it. And then I did the next one. And the next one. And the next one. And I took all this spite and this righteous indignation and I channeled it and actually did the work and I improved in two weeks more than what I'd done in an entire year my fingers hurt the old Summer 69 song where they played till the fingers bled not really, it's nylon strings you'd have to work pretty hard for that but they, they were really sore and so so I improved a lot I never went back to the, the, you know, the guitar lessons I discovered something else instead. Well, I discovered that I could play something and then I could hear it and I could play along to it. And so instead of being, you know, Mr. McKenna being my teacher, my teachers were Ry Cooter, Stevie Ray Vaughan, Eric Clapton, on and on and on. And I just learned to play along with these and I soon got myself an electric guitar. Oh, what a day. Kelvin invited me over and said, I've got something to show you. And so I went over there and it was a Torch Telecaster electric guitar. I think possibly the cheapest brand you could ever, you know, own. And one of those little dinky little amplifiers that you can get. And he turned on the distortion thing and he went, Bwong. and my mouth just dropped open like this guttural roar that just sounded of defiance and just engine roar just everything all inside of this one I was meant to go to work that night uh, I was an assistant at some you know butcher's place I called up and said I was sick I took that thing home and I played all of like the songs like yeah, I played Bar Bar Black Sheep the rock and roll version And I never stopped playing that as well. And I just learned and learned and learned. Year rolled on. I joined this band that I called SPG, Special Patrol Group. Named after the Vivian's Hamster, I think, from the young ones. And I never stopped, you know, feeling wronged by, by Mr. McKenna and me. And to say that we didn't get along was an understatement. And again, in hindsight, he was just trying to do his job. I was a snot-nosed little brat. It was as simple as that. But during the window of that time, I was... Yeah, we didn't get along. And so there was this moment where we're on stage because we had this performance at, at you know, lunchtime. Attendance was mandatory, which meant we actually had a crowd. And it was an environmental concert. And I wrote this song called Piece of Plastic which I think the chord progression was a complete rip-off of White Room by Eric Clapton, but it was called Piece of Plastic. And we started playing on stage, and he was there. And this is the first time that he ever saw me actually play. 
and I had this moment where during the solo I was able to take the guitar that I had, you know, I was playing it normally, and I was able to play it behind the back of my head, which looks really impressive, but actually it's very easy. It's one of those little cool trick things. All you do is just clasp down the neck really hard and then just play up and down. Don't move your hand, just play up and down that spot there. Make your fingers move really fast. It looks fantastic. And so I was looking at him, he was looking at me, and I was playing the solo, and in my mind it was that moment saying, yeah, you kicked me out. You said I didn't have any talent. You said that I, I was not applying myself. And even though, in retrospect, you were absolutely 100% right, I am here showing defiance to you. Look at me, yeah. I was Ralph Macchio. I was on stage and I was playing for my soul. I was actually playing a song called Piece of Plastic, but yeah, it's one of those cool little moments. And it all started when Kelvin brought a VHS video cassette over with a movie called Crossroads. And so I, I still play to this day, not in a band or anything like that, but, you know, just the guitar laying around the house, and it's great to just pick it up and, you know, play along. I ended up going down this whole path of loving heavy metal and the whole, you know, the chord progressions that you get with that. And it's incredibly challenging to learn as a guitar player. But, yeah, it all started there. That's where it all started. So that was a story of that and I really hope you found it entertaining I actually really hope you're asleep right now just relaxing in your comfy place if you are thanks for listening I hope you have a great day tomorrow I know you will statistically chances are you will and I mean really there's like a 95% chance I'm pretty sure 96 but I hope you have a great day. Again, thank you for listening. And if you're already asleep, good night. Sweet dreams. Take care. Bye-bye.